Hello and welcome to the Transatlantic Soccer Podcast, episode six. It, back again, New Year, twenty twenty. Alejandro, how are you doing? How was your break? How was New Year's? What's popping? It was all incredible. Um, <laughs> every moment of it was like it. I, you know, I've never, never done it before. This is <laughs> easily my, you know, the first New Year's that, you know, I've, I've had. So <laughs> it was pretty crazy. Um, yeah. So you know, glad to be back though, and and yeah. You know, back back at the studies. Good, good. Uh, New Year's resolution. Have you got one? Um, I'm gonna try to eat better. Yeah. Um, I don't think I eat terribly, but uh-huh. uh, I eat a lot of salt. Yeah. We like, yeah. So, um, I'm gonna do better. Uh, okay. What about you? Uh, phew, uh, big one. Probably not drink as much capriccio. That's okay. <laughs> um, but other than that, I think you know, kind of maintain ma- maintenance. I think is the key word for mine because. Maintain the amount of times I go to the gym. Maintain, you know, as healthy foods. I eat more healthy foods as much as I can, uh, rather than obviously unhealthy foods and Antonio's and whatnot. So, well, uh, well, you know, that's basically it. But you know, um, it's it's the last last chapter, the last rodeo for me. Last oh semester. yeah, yeah, last semester. Last semester in at UMass. Last semester in the U, uh, the US. So, gotta make the most of it. Um, but yeah, we're here to talk about soccer, obviously. Uh, unfortunately, one of our members, uh, Josh, has left, uh, gone on to Pastures Green. Wish him luck in whatever he's going to be doing for the f- uh, future, that's for sure. Uh, but yeah, let's crack on. So, we're, you know, we're, we're, a, we're a soccer podcast, we're a sports-based podcast, but um, we obviously share uh, enthusiasm for the game of basketball, that's for sure. And, you know, one thing I'm sure Alejandro will join me in now is, you know, condolences to... Kobe Bryant's family, obviously passing of Kobe, his daughter Gianna, and the other members of uh, I think that there's a few more girls that mm-hmm. were on the the team member uh, that were on the helicopter, unfortunately. And you know, I just want to have a word for you, uh, Alejandro. What was kind of Kobe Bryant's um, career and kind of life meant to you? Yeah, I mean, uh, um, obviously, I can't speak for you know how his influence was outside of the U.S., mm-hmm. but. Um, you know, not, especially you know, not being a, a basketball player myself, I still like under understood the importance and, and kind of how Kobe's, you know, changed the game and and play, you know kept kept the game at such a high level, um, and you know I'll always remember being a kid, um, you know, bricking every shot that I ever <laughs> took, but you know still you know yelling Kobe like when I yeah, shoot, yeah. you know, so just like you know no one was running around yelling you know Jordan or you know, some of the, some any other names you know it was Kobe sure. like so just it goes to show like Kobe brings such like a competitive spirit and you know like any Kobe just embodied like competitiveness so um, obviously you know, it was a it was a tragedy and a, and a terrible loss um, yeah. and you know the sports world obviously has been you know, incredibly affected by it. Hundred um, percent. I mean, obviously, I I've not I'm not gonna lie. I've never I've not followed basketball all my life. I've probably only followed basketball closely in the last three, four, five years um, as I've obviously been in the US and stuff. But you know, watching various documentaries about the NBA and Kobe Bryant or whatnot, like you get the sense that Kobe Bryant's one of those kind of founding fathers or more more so kind of a, a guy that just developed the league into something that would never be imaginable you know he was one of the guys that according to i think it was david stern the their former commissioner who obviously passed recently as well um he that kobe was the one a guy that went to china and was like listen you know nba is going to be big in china and you know he was he had such a great passion that will obviously forever live on 
in developing the game of basketball, not just in the US but throughout the world, and also in the women's side of the game. So mm-hmm. th- you know, through uh, through the teams that he was coaching and whatnot. So yep, great you know great loss to the the sporting uh, community, and will forever be you know remembering his his spirit and the the things that he brought to, to the wonderful things he brought to the you know the sporting world. It's so, incredible on uh, on social media just how much I've seen you, know, especially following yeah, a lot of. Uh, uh, Instagram, you know, like so- soccer teams, especially. Um, yeah. It's crazy to see how many teams have, like, you know, uh, given memorial to Kobe, um, mm-hmm. and it just shows that, you know, he, even outside of basketball, he yeah. was still, you know, influencing and and you know, in in the world of other sports, you know, especially soccer. Yeah. So. Well, when you're an elite athlete like t- like Kobe, like we talk about elite athletes, and obviously, athletes that perform at the NBA, like levels at the NBA, or the Premier League or whatnot, kind of those kind of leagues that you're obviously an elite, an elite athlete, but people that transcend the sport, that's what we kind of talk about, like Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Ronald, uh, Ronaldinho, Messi, Ronaldo, whatever, like those are the kind of guys that these, like, set, you know, my, my roommate Chris and I, we were talking about how like one day Messi and Ronaldo are going to pass away and how much that's going to affect, you know, especially us like soccer uh, fans and players and whatnot, how much that's going to affect us. So, it's just it's just an incredible loss and it's crazy how much you know it, it, you look in from perspectives and just you know the various lives that he's uh that he's kind of affected and stuff so yeah it's a great loss but we will we'll live on in his memory and we will uh talk moving on on to premier league there's been a lot happening because obviously we recorded mid-december last time episode five it's been a lot happening in the premier league throughout the soccer world and i just want to get your to- uh, your take on the arsenal um, taking on Mikel Arteta as their head coach after Unai Emery was sacked. Yeah, so uh, um, I was pretty. I was not thrilled at first. Um, I think we needed like a, a period of stability. Um, you know, I think we needed personally at that time. I thought we needed a very experienced coach who's going to come in and you know, uh, you know, sh- uh, uh, strengthen us defensively, make make you know a few decent signings that can just you know give us some stability, because mm. um, that's what I've you know thought thought that we needed. But you know, since then, um, I've actually been you know ha- mildly impressed with Mikel Arteta. I think he's done a, a decent job in trying to you know get get the players you know more passionate about the game. Um, I think I think when I watch you know Arsenal play now, I see them you know run really running running like they're really trying to you know get the ball back they're really pressing the opponents and um and i i think i'm pretty excited for you know what what's to come i think mm-hmm. uh some signings are absolutely needed you know i i think you know we, we need a new center back like i can't stress enough how much yeah. i think that we need a new center back um you know i've seen signs of of uh possibly trying to sign a new outside back um i think we need to, you know, sell on a forward. I think that we have too many forwards. I don't, I don't know if Lacazette's cutting it anymore. Mm. Um, Aubameyang's, you know, starting to get old. So, you know, I don't. Obviously, I don't want both to go. But I think, you know, one or the other needs to go because we need, you know, someone young yeah. to bring in. Um, I've, I've been excited about Martinelli, especially. He, yeah, we're about to go to touch on him. Yeah. yeah, he's been playing really well. You know, uh, the young players in the team have been you know competing and performing and they're kind of you know pushing the older players to to bring their mm-hmm. you know level up so i've been um i've been actually impressed with what arteta's done um and so you know i, I hope that uh, more good things to come yeah. that's all i can hope for i was gonna say i mean with the with the forward striking options 
Uh, there was reports kind of earlier this week and probably before the week before that Aubameyang's been touted to go to Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Suarez is out for the season now. And you know, and I think you're right about that you have to offload at least one striker because um, I think you've got two strikers that should be heading the line uh, for you know one like they they should what each of them should be heading the line for an attack not just like splitting the uh, the responsibilities and stuff and then obviously you got Martinelli who's been you know banging in goals for fun considering his age what eighteen nineteen so mm-hmm. I think he's pu- definitely probably pushing out I mean uh, right. As we speak, I think Aubameyang's injured, so he's pushing out uh, Aubameyang right now, and I think Lacazette's probably not been bagging as many goals as he wants. Yeah, so, I yeah. think Lacazette was when we signed him. I think Lacazette was a signing of like we needed a forward, we mm-hmm. needed a, a like an elite forward, and then Aubameyang was kind of like a signing of like they took their opportunity, they mm-hmm. saw the chance to sign you know someone of that caliber. Yeah, um, and I just think that you know at one point in time, you know maybe for a stretch a few games at the beginning, they were playing well together. But now it's like it's hard to run a an offense with you know two strikers, mm-hmm. uh, especially if they have one playing out out on the side. So mm-hmm. I think that at least one of them has to go. Yeah. Well, um, let's move on to transfer window because that's kind of the most exciting thing. I think that you know every soccer fan looks looks forward to. Um, during the calendar year, um, so I'm gonna. There's only, there's not been too many you know done deals as of right now on the 28th of January we're speaking, but there's been a hell of a lot of rumors which we'll talk, uh, touch on in a second. But Alejandro, I just want you to give your opinion on there's just two or three uh, transfers that I'm gonna ask about you. So, Gedson Fernandez, Benfica to Tottenham on a loan. Do you know much about him? And and if so, what, what are you gonna give him out of ten? Um, I don't know much about him. Um, I've you know obviously since watched a few of his highlights, he looks mm-hmm. like he's a uh, like a you know an and uh, engine room like he's you know he's gonna provide uh, you know, energy and, and stamina into the midfield. Mm-hmm. He looks like he's you know a half decent passer. Obviously, you have to at at this level. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I just don't. They have so many midfielders. I feel like that yeah. play like that. I just yep. feel like you know, I don't I don't see how. He's gonna. I understand what Sissoko's injured recently, or was it Wanyama? Um, Sissoko, I believe, but uh, you know, I think Gensen Fernandez is maybe a direct replacement for Christian Eriksen, who's just left. Right, so. right. So. Also, I get. I I wasn't actually thinking about that, yeah. so that might actually move my number up. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I'd you know give it a six or a seven. You know, yeah. s- seven on the higher side. I don't. I mean, he's he's young enough. Um, unproven, I guess. So. Um, exactly. Yeah. It's just like these. A lot of these signings either are such a hit or miss. Yeah. yeah. Um, that it's like either you know they'll they'll play incredibly well and they'll adapt, or they just like never really do much other True. than stay a season or two and then they're yeah. out again. Well, he's only twenty years old, so obviously we've got some time to see how oh, much yeah. Yeah. if he reaches his potential that he's supposedly got. Um, the man, the myth, the legend, Pepe Reina. <laughs> has come back to the Premier League on loan to Aston Villa. I don't know if he's got it in him anymore. I think he's around 34, 35 years old. Um, I think, honestly, I'm going to give my little opinion first. Um, I'm going to give this about an 8 out of 10 because just, just what a guy. Like, he was at, like looking, I think if you look at the history books and the record books or whatever, he's like the statistically the top three or four keepers because uh, in regards to clean sheets per game. Really? Yeah. I think he's, he's up there with like Petr Cech. Um, I want to say, um, what was the Jens Lehmann? 
I think oh, he's up okay. there with Jens Lehmann and Pepe Reina and Petr Cech for, uh, for sure in terms of clean sheets and probably I think Joe Hart as well because that uh, a lot of people disregard Joe Hart as um, what what keeper he was and people I feel bad he's I feel like his career is defined by like the handful of errors yeah. that he made and it's like you know people sleep on that he, yeah. he was really like a good a good goalie he, he was like time. ousted as like an England at the England number one and mm-hmm. now we've got Jordan Pickford who's about five foot seven. So. <laughs> I mean, he's not the best, but he, he did a job in the World Cup. You gotta f- be fair to him. But what happened know. to Jack Butland? Jack, he Jack Butland's. I don't know why he has, but he's the because Stoke went down. Rele- they were relegated what two, three years ago now. Yeah. And he just he just stayed there, and obviously he's a keeper that could be playing in the Premier League now. But yeah, he's I, just easily. he's just he's just not. He's decided for whatever reason not to move on. So I think that's stagnated his career because he's obviously he's got. I think he's got that potential where he could be. I want to say England's number one, but I haven't really seen him play. But well, I, I mean, think I, he had that I, I saw him at the same level as Pickford back, yeah. you know, a few seasons ago. It was like I thought they were competing to be the next, you know, in England number one, mm-hmm. but he just kind of seemed to drop off. Yeah. Well, um, so we've talked about Christian Eriksen. Let's just talk, talk about him a bit more. Um, so he's gone for, I think, around £18 million, which for a player of his quality is not a lot. Obviously, not a lot at all. You know what I mean? And he's but he's on three hundred thousand pounds a week. I don't know what that translates to dollars. Probably about four hundred thousand dollars a week. Um, big big numbers, obviously there. And for a guy who's I think he's touching either tw- he's twenty nine or thirty. He's obviously if he's in in the primary's career, it's probably only going to last for a couple of years. So yeah, I mean, um, obviously, um, Inter's doing something crazy. Mm. I don't. Um, they're Ashley Young as well. They're going crazy. They've signed a you know a dream team from <laughs> from like six years ago. <laughs> from six so, years ago, exactly. Uh, so you know Victor Moses down one side, but I mean I think he's you know we all know what he can do on his day. Yeah. Um, I think he's been you know very very staticky for Tottenham, but I think you know he's gonna go there and and kind of you know reignite his career yeah. as as like Sanchez did, as Lukaku <laughs> did, like all of them going over there so yeah. I, I think he'll do well but you're right it is kind of i didn't know he was on that much you know wages no, per week yeah that's pretty ridiculous for yeah someone that age you know and, and you know he is obviously an incredible player but mm-hmm. i don't know if he's you know worth that type of money yeah i'm i'm not gonna lie i've never even when he was at tottenham i've never regarded him as one of the best midfielders even in the premier league i've always regarded him as a top quality player but just never on the levels of probably david silver or mm-hmm players like even I mean, like Coutinho, Coutinho I even, yeah like, I think even Coutinho I think Coutinho is a bit more exciting probably because mm-hmm. he's had a well he's has has a bit more pace to him in, in the in dribbling and whatnot so I think yeah Coutinho David Silva is de- I don't think I would ever or have ever um, regarded Ericsson on that level um so but you know Ericsson I think he's got his payday but he's also more importantly got a new challenge because obviously Serie A Inter have got I think all the tools now uh to uh to challenge Juventus for the Scudetto easily, uh, easily. You know, and Lukaku's obviously been firing. Uh, Latoro yeah. Martinez next to him firing. Alexis Sanchez, unfortunately, poor, poor lad. Yeah, injured, I, right? As much as I hate him in a United <laughs> shirt, I feel sorry for him because he's he's. I mean, he's, get, he's still getting a wage. I, at the end of the day, he's still getting a wage, but he's just he's not playing because he's obviously injured. He's he's injury prone, and you know, for United, I think he's he's coming back in the end of the season. Back front, they're like. You know, recalling him from the loan because of his injuries. So, 
I, you know, we'll touch on United later, boys. MLS, the MLS is calling. Be- Beckham, Beckham FC went <laughs> into, into Miami. Him FC. and his dogs, they're on their way <laughs> over to America. They're, they're going. Um, so, and then also, so in return for Ericsson, Tottenham have also completed the, the permanent signing. So they had him on loan, but Giovanni uh, Lo Celso for £27 million, which regarding the talent I've seen, because I saw him against uh, Southampton in the FA Cup last weekend, and he had a class game. I'd give him like a 9 out of 10. And for a, thir- a £27 million fee um, for a guy, I think he's about 25, something like that, that's a great deal. Yeah, I think you know he could be an established starter on you know a lot of teams, mm-hmm. um, especially if he keeps performing you know the way he's been doing and he can and he can stay fit. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean again for you, I mean you've seen the types of prices that players go for That's nowadays. What I'm saying, yeah. So twenty seven million for a player like that is a yeah. really good. It's a good signing. So we go from twenty seven million to sixty seven million for a Portuguese player by the name of Bruno Fernandes. Yeah. The saga rumbles on. Yeah. And today. I mean, I don't know how much trust, how much I trust the English media, but they say that United have completed or slash almost done uh, the deal for Bruno Fernandes from Sporting Lisbon for sixty-seven million pounds. They were deliberating and on like an extra ten million or something like that, which was holding the deal back. And you know, I, you know, quality player. I'm just going to get that out of the way. Quality player. We need him so badly because we can't play and, uh, Andreas Pereira anymore. Like <laughs> he's got, like he's got to go and play on the streets again <laughs> he's got a load of basics and he just, he just oh go play for QPR every he just needs to play for someone else like, <laughs> I don't care where he just needs to play for someone else anyway Bruno Fernandes bring him into the team hopefully we get into the top four I don't know but doesn't that make you nervous the what? the price tag a little no bit? I, mean, I don't care at... I don't care how much we pay anymore <laughs> I re- I've given I, I could give it less of a yeah about the <laughs> about the the fee because like honestly United compared to City and Liverpool have not spent as much in the last two years as as City and Liverpool have, and I think also in regards to fees, we've paid in the for the years before those two years, we've paid more money for talent that's worse. You know, what I mean, or that, that's not <laughs> yeah, generated as no, much success. Yeah, yeah. Like we signed Harry Maguire, who's got the head, you know, a massive head, and he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't use it. You know, what I mean, he's an eighty five million pound uh, defender. Liverpool got Virgil van Dijk for 75. You know, all these players that are floating around for cheaper prices and probably better than Harry Maguire just because he's English. He was worth more, apparently. So uh, I'm just so vexed at the moment. Like, I could go on. Like Man United, by this time, you know, this transfer here, it's also shown me that Ed Woodward is a puppet to the, the owners of the Glazers and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is a puppet. Because Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is like, oh, you know, I don't think we need players, but we actually do because our squad is thin as hell. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just so... Uh, I mean, yeah. like, you know, Arsenal fans, like they, they must get it because I feel like we're in the same boat, honestly. It's 99% of the time. Um, well, it's like you as a fan are like, you know exactly what you what like the club needs for players-wise, yeah. and then they'll go out and, yeah, like you were saying, they'll go and sign someone ridiculous I, or something ridiculous, I, and no, you're sitting there and like... Yeah, and it's just like we get, there, was a, there was a report that we were... But bidding thirty million pounds for a sixteen-year-old, I was like, <laughs> sixteen years old. He's barely done his like GCSEs or what? I don't know what qualifications you guys do at sixteen year, but he's barely completed his education. He's still like thirty million on a sixteen-year-old. It's crazy, and but yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm on the Ollie out brigade. That's for really? sure. Really? Yeah, I am. And really? it's, it's just because 
first he's not a good enough coach. I like I knew this from the offset. Like as soon as he got that contract, I was like, oh, tying him down for the future for like the next three years. It's not going to be worth it because he'll be found out eventually. Obviously, he came back, came off the seventeen game like unbeaten run or whatever he did for the first few games, and then he was given the contract, and I was just like, he was going to get found out. We should have kept either kept Mourinho or gone after Pochettino. We should go off after Pochettino now. Pochettino would have been like the the move. Like I thought, I that's where yeah. I thought you guys were. I thought you were heading in that direction. I, I I hope so. As soon as he left, I was hoping that you know, and I think the moment that where Pochettino left was the kind of same moment where Man United's bad run was kind of getting a bit worse. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, all the stars were going to align. Yeah, just go after Pochettino and get you know sack Oli, but. Um, you know what I was gonna say? Just yeah, I thought everything. But that's the thing is, the manager's only probably to me twenty five percent of the problem. Mm-hmm. The rest, the seventy five percent, is the owner, uh, Ed Woodward, who doesn't know you know his ass from his elbow. <laughs> so it's just like that's that's half the problem, and you know it just it gets me so vexed, so angry. Uh, but at least yeah. at least players are coming. Isn't Pogba? Pogba will be back soon. That, oh, you've got me on another topic here. <laughs> so the injuries, the injuries. Like yes, normally. Injuries are sustained because a player just, you know, I don't know, tears a little muscle on while playing when he's fully fit beforehand. But poor Pogba came back from a ankle injury, I believe, um, whenever it was like October. Came and played against either Newcastle or Brighton or some game that he didn't need to play in or Wolves or some some team like that. Played in a game that he didn't need to play on. Then the next. Uh, a match conference or whatever Ollie was like oh yeah he's out for two three months now he's out to have surgery I was like well that's because you played him when he didn't need to be playing because yeah. he was only like 80% fit you donut you know what I mean <laughs> it's so and then Marcus Rashford again yeah oh oy vey like just there's so many instances where Ollie's just showing how immature of a manager he is and it's just like I can even see that do you think he's making that decision though? Do you think he's being pressed to put the players into I the team? Like, do you think someone above him is saying, "Oh, Pogba's fit now, like fit enough, like you have to put him in the team"? As as evil as the Glazers or Ed Woodward are, I cannot see them being like play Rashford even though he's got one leg, kind of thing. You know, like, <laughs> right, even yeah, though he's that healthy. Fair enough. Like, I just cannot sit like at that from a business perspective. It's like, would you rather go play the next match, get injured, or have to have surgery out for six weeks or? eight weeks or whatever it is like yeah. from a business perspective like you'd want your best um and most popular um what do you want to call it like i don't want to call them items but you know yeah, like attraction you, attraction like it, yeah. yeah you don't you want them as mu- on the field as much as you can so you, why would you risk him for two uh you'd have him out for two weeks rather than out for eight weeks so yeah so that's why i don't believe from the top it's it's coming down like as an order so i think that's just pure immaturity or maybe our injury kind of the doctors and medical staff at United aren't as prepared and not as knowledgeable as who as as you know as they are you know and it's just you know I could go on I could go on I'm not going to make this podcast boring because I know <laughs> we, we have to move on but um so Bruno Fernandes hopefully he's done in the next few uh, few days because there's only three days left of the yeah, hopefully that works out. the transfer window you know we def- desperately desperately needed uh, a midfielder to you know take out Pereira and put him in the you know, U7s or something. So. <laughs> um, but let's move on, because I actually want to talk about Liverpool, and it hurts me to say yet again on this podcast that Liverpool are going to win the title. I pre- predicted it from the start. Uh, they beat United 2-0 during the time we were off there uh, on the 19th of January, so not too far. Uh, so it was recently, and then they've just they've not lost in uh, the Premier League 
for I think for sixty games or something. Yeah. And they've also they they their only loss this year was when they played all their kids against yeah. Aston Villa. Yeah. And when they won the World World the Club World Cup. So yeah. Um, just a little take on from you on on Liverpool and obviously you know what we've got to look forward to regarding them. Yeah, uh, fair fair play, obviously. Yeah. Um, I don't, I haven't seen a, you know a team you know dominate this much in the league for yeah. like a little while. I mean, mm-hmm. you even saw Barcelona and Real Madrid would slip up every once in a while in the league. You know, Juventus, but like it, Liverpool's just been on this tear. Um, but just kind of the, thing, the things that impressed me the most is how you know. Player for player, mm. like you know, it just incredibly strong. Uh, arguably the two best outside backs, yeah. you know, in the game right now. Arguably the best center back in the game right yeah. now. Probably not even arguably. No, just straightforward. Um, yeah. You know, two two of the best wingers in the world. Sadio Mane has <laughs> you know completely elevated his game, you yeah. know, even higher than what I, I I assumed. You know, Firmino plays such a you know intriguing but like an integral part in the team um, to kind of. You know, set other players up, and then half the time he's just took it on himself to score yeah. when you know no one else scores. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that I I find you know the most interesting about this team is how how like and and don't take this and you know I don't want people to take this the wrong way, yeah. but how bland the midfield is, but yeah. how easily they're able to get it done. It's how effective? How effective? Yeah. Like you look at like you know Jordan Henderson, mm-hmm. you know J- James Milner still yeah. you know makes an appearance every once in a while. Yep. Um, you know Naby Keita. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Wijnaldum, uh, I mean, as a midfielder myself, Wijnaldum is incredible. Yeah. But, you know, they're, they're just like, there's no, there's not a lot of flair in there. No, it and just I gets the like, job done. And it gets yeah. the job done. I feel like you look at a lot of midfielders now and they try to sign that, you know, attacking midfielder, that box-to-box midfielder, yeah, and then that does. defensive yeah. midfielder. <laughs> yeah. And and for them to do, for them to get it done, I forgot about Fabinho too, yeah. but, but yeah. for them to get it done with like a, a midfield like that, you know, against these, you know, creative more styled midfield is, mm. is like my you know my favorite part is like it's they're they're bland they're they're kind of boring in the yeah. midfield but they just like get it done every time so um, yeah so obviously um no one no team has replicated the invincible season mm-hmm. since obviously arsenal in was it 2002 2001 something like that oh 2003 actually yeah but what i was gonna ask you as an arsenal fan if liverpool do go the whole season unbeaten will that what effect does that have on the Arsenal's uh, on Arsenal's achievement as the Invincibles, and what what do you think? Who would rate their the season the the best? Like, would it be Liverpool's Invincibles this year, or would it be Arsenal's uh, this this two thousand three two thousand four? Well, I think it definitely takes away from what Arsenal has done with mm-hmm. that team. If another team has yeah. done it, like just naturally by you know they're in the Invincibles because that team was invincible. Yeah, you know what I mean. So if another team were to go and do it it kind of discredits what they've done. You know, mm-hmm. not even, like, that's just, like, how it goes. Yeah. Um, but I think, I still think that that Arsenal team yeah. had much more of, like, the, like, they just had the, the it factor, like, the X yeah. factor, you know, like, they had, you know, Thierry Henry, mm-hmm. like, they had you know, Dennis Bearcamp, like, they just had these, these players that could just, you know, do incredible things. And, and while I think... Liverpool, I'm not saying Liverpool can't do these types of feats, but their team is just kind of set up differently where it's like they all play you know, such important roles in, in where they are in the field and they just score goals and they get it done. Yeah. As whereas, you know, you, you know, Thierry Henry's not, you know, doing some crazy stuff. You know, Mo Salah's not, you know, pulling off any 
you know, crazy moves or crazy skills or anything. You mm-hmm. know, he's squaring the ball and they're scoring, and, and that's how they've done it every game. But nice. yeah. I still think that that if they were to do it, it would it would it would take away a yeah. lot from what that Arsenal team. I've done. I've got so first off the bat, I'd say Arsenal's will would be and would remain more impressive for me because um, they spent obviously I think obviously taking into equation the the inflation in prices mm-hmm. of, of players and then also the amount of money that gets pumped into f- football has, has been pumped into football over the recent kind of years and decades I think Arsenal remains kind of um, as more of an achievement because obviously Liverpool have spent 100 million dollars on a f- defender and 50 million on Salah and uh, I don't know Firmino uh, sorry Alisson was uh, 80 million dollars mm-hmm. and you know whatever so they've spent money obviously and I'm not saying they bought the league but they obviously spent a lot more money in comparison than Arsenal but also I want to point out obviously Arsenal in that season recorded 26 wins but then also 12 draws whereas Liverpool right now have 22 wins and one draw mm-hmm. so you know if you even yeah. it up I don't know maybe maybe I think if Liverpool this Liverpool team played the Arsenal team in their prime I think what would you think? I don't know. I can't. Again, Thierry Henry, like, Burke. That's what I mean. It's like it's like can can you really compare you know Thierry Henry to Sadio Mane? Like who? Yeah. I mean, who's gonna get it done like the last minute of the game? You know what I mean? Like a one on one, like through, like who's you know what I mean? Like, I think Thierry Henry is without doubt the better player, but it's just as the as a team, I just don't know if this like you've got to take it also into consideration who. Um, how advanced the game has been mm-hmm. and has, has, big, has, has become because obviously it's become probably faster and it's become more uh, reliant on stamina and stuff like that and I think and it's more, agility. more reliant on like the, the <coughs> team too like you can't like it's much harder for a game to be won by yeah. one player nowadays <clears throat> um, yeah. the other thought the other part that I was just thinking about that was interest, interesting is that mm. the Liverpool team was kind of they weren't they didn't necessarily buy players yeah. in their prime. No. Like they were buying them as they were kind of coming, just coming, coming up, yeah. into their prime. You know, they bought them from other leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just thought I, you know, I thought that that was really interesting. That I wouldn't say they took a gamble, no. but whoever you know is is doing their scouting I, yeah. predicted that you know this player is going to work perfectly in 100%. this team in this system, yeah. and it like you know perfect. Look at Andy Robertson. Yeah. Like, Came out yeah, of like no. was just like a you know like an average outside yeah. back. They brought him into the into the team, put him into the system, and yep. you know it's it's been Ed. like that ever since. Yeah. So I, I just I think that that part is incredible too. Like just the the way how much prediction went into yeah. you know how the players are doing. I'm I'm in admiration and I'm totally jealous. Jealous, yeah, just, jealous. Jealous yeah. is a great word. So much jealousy. Yeah. Like I'm not even like you compare. Andy Robertson was bought for eight million, so probably twelve million dollars. Mm-hmm. Luke Shaw, thirty-five million, forty <laughs> million dollars. And I'm looking at Luke Shaw, and I'm like, what has happened yeah. to you? Yeah, you know, yeah, he has gone through a leg break, but come, like you know, there's plenty of professional athletes that come back, you know, and he's just come back in such poor shape over the last two years. He's just not elevated himself, not pushed himself. I don't know if it's, you know, things could be happening in his, you know, home or whatnot, but you know money and fame and and just i don't know i don't know if that's having an effect on his career but it's just it just is apparent that he's not elevated himself or pushed himself i think if klopp wins the league we have to put klopp into like a serious consideration kind of i don't know about that i think we maybe need you know maybe another champion if he were to win both this year this year i think if he were to win both 
in the same yeah maybe still uh, still then maybe but i think yeah. he needs to be looked at as like you know a, like a top top manager because what he's done with the team has been incredible i agree i think um if he wins that double this season he'll elevate i mean he's already i think he's already on par with guardiola in terms of kind of managing yeah. talent but in terms yeah. of obviously um kind of trophies won then guardiola's you know past kind of the you know ele- elevated past klopp already but mm-hmm. Yeah, I think in terms of kind of achievements in a single season, I think that all that goes on par with something that Sir Alex Ferguson achieved with United. That goes on par with something Jose Mourinho achieved at Chelsea uh, slash well Porto, you know. So, yeah, I think Klopp on terms of on terms of coaching talent, he's on that. Ter- he's on terms with Guardiola, Mourinho, and uh, Ferguson. But just for me, not just biasness for for United fan, but Ferguson for me is just just I think he's an an, an elite, an elite kind of cannot touch him until you actually kind of you know on the stats kind of equal him so. yeah i mean he needs to stay at the club for you yeah. know such an extended period of time yeah um but that's not i think loyalty nowadays in uh, for coaches is not even a thing not it not really i think well i think they look for a new challenge yeah. like once you've won enough with the team it's like as a coach you want to you know challenge yourself mm-hmm. um but yeah no i i'm you know, I'm in awe of what he's done with that's that great. team. I can only imagine what the vibe and like the the feelings are in like the dressing room there. Yeah. I mean, they they must just think that they're gonna win every single game that they play. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. It's crazy. Well, yeah. We'll, we'll obviously we'll soon find out. There's probably I think what four four more months of the season to go. Mm-hmm. But t- we touched on uh, the Champions League there, and also. Uh, I kind of want to get a prediction because I don't think we did a prediction for Champions League on the first episode. We did one for Premier League, but not Champions League. And I'm going to just list the fixtures we have upcoming. Uh, I think it's mid-February. So we've got a, a, kind of a, a month to wait. But So we've got Atletico Madrid versus Liverpool. These are the key fixtures. I'm not going to list all of them. Uh, Dortmund versus PSG. Real Madrid City. Napoli, Barcelona. Um, so... Out of those, obviously, I think I just named kind of the key contenders, and there's also Chelsea Bayern, um, but I think there's only one winner in that one. But, <laughs> so, what? Who do you think will make it to kind of the the, the, the first two that, that will make it to the final out of that? Who'd you say was your, City and who? City was and Madrid. One? City and Madrid. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna for that one. I'll go first. I I want to say City. Yeah. I think I think Real Madrid's good and they're getting better, mm-hmm. but I think City and uh, I'm assuming they'll have Leroy Sané back by then too, as he's Maybe, been back. Yeah. In, he's been back in training. I've forgotten about him. Yeah. I'm um. So I just think that that you know Kevin De Bruyne is in such good form. Yeah. You know, they they have a lot in that team. I think that'll be City. Um. Looking at this, obviously Liverpool over Madrid. Um. I think Madrid's a good team, mm-hmm. but Liverpool is just too you know too much. Yep. Um. Dortmund PSG. That's an interesting one. I'm, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say PSG. Yeah. But I could see that one going either way. Dortmund's yeah. made some really good signings Holland. too. Holland. Yeah. I, I, you know, I don't know if my pronunciation's right, but yeah. he's he's solid. I could see him going and just, you know, going crazy, mm-hmm. scoring a bunch of goals. Um, Atalanta, Valencia. Um, I don't know too much. I know Atalanta was doing really well earlier this yeah. season. I don't know if they. I think they're kind of drifting. They've in dropped their off. Kind of number three, number four. Yeah, um, I'm gonna go with Valencia just because yeah. I feel like they have a more consistent. Um, <laughs> again, um, I'm gonna go with Tottenham, even yeah. though they're not great either. Yeah. Um, but the Red Bull team has the has team over in there. Yeah. He's really good. I could see him going somewhere soon. Definitely. But so so out of so I've also got Leon Juventus, but out of all those teams, those sixteen teams, how 
just give me two that you'll probably see in the final or you'll think in the final yeah oof um oh boy definitely Liverpool is one of them definitely Liverpool is one of them yeah um oof I don't know I want I I'm a I love Barcelona so I'd love to say Barcelona but if that Mm. were to happen Barcelona would get killed I think yeah I, th- I think Barcelona. I'd, I was going to say one thing I'd look out for if I was a betting man, which I am. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if I was a betting man, I'd put on that first game Napoli Barcelona. I'd I'd probably put I'd put a good amount of money on Napoli because yeah. I think Barcelona they look shaky. They're the weak right now. New They're manager yeah. Suarez is out. Obviously, you know they've got Messi. You know, those goes without saying. But I think Napoli at Napoli Stadium, which is kind of you know known for being a tough, tough place to go. I think. I put all my money on that. What do uh, you say, though? What do you say? Uh, I can't see Man United, but I'll <laughs> go with. Um, I I think I said this at the start of the season. I uh, in a Premier League prediction, I said Man City won't win it because they'll be concentrating on the Champions League. So I'm gonna stick with that. I'm gonna say Man City will get to the final. I don't think Liverpool will get to the final. I think PSG will get to the final, and that's what I'm saying because I think Mbappe, Neymar. I think, I think it's their destiny. I'm not gonna get too, you know. But Yikes. I think I think that that is know. a big shout. But I think they're gonna get to it. I just have a feeling. You'd like to think. You'd season. like to think. I'd like to think. Like but you know, think, after getting right? bodied by Man United last season, you know, it's it's <laughs> tough to think. But I think I'd like to think PSG have got it in them. And I just think maybe a, maybe Bayern are a dark horse. I don't know. One of these days, PSG's got to do it. Yeah, one of these. I think they've poured enough money. You know, in, they've spent. 400 million or whatever 450 million on two players yeah so right i think let's move on to the last um section so we've obviously we've lost a member of our team so i think we've got to start afresh that you know give you give you a chance to catch up on the podcast picks i was doing really well before <laughs> you were, you were doing terrible so right so we've got three fixtures uh from the premier league this coming weekend uh first of uh, february so three three fixtures leicester chelsea Give me your thoughts on that one. Um, Leicester wins that. What will score? Two nil. Two nil. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go one one. I think Leicester are a bit weak right now. Not weak as in, well, Vardy's out. That's for sure. Oh. I don't know if you want to change it because you got a few. Am seconds. I allowed to change it? I'll I'll, I'll let you off. I'll uh, go the one nil then. One nil to Leicester. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna stick with one one. Uh, I just think yeah, Leicester weak at the front. They've only got Ian Acho. So, but they've still got a strong defense, and I think they can turn it on when they want. I'd like to think, and Chelsea, I think Chelsea can surprise a few people when when they want to. Um, Tottenham, Man City, which is kind of a big game on Sunday. City, City, what's City? Three one. Three one. Yeah. You know what? I think Mourinho. He, t- he yeah, he doesn't do. He hasn't done. T- he hasn't got the. The greatest of records with Tottenham right now, but I don't know if he can just because it's against Guardiola. I just think he's going to pull something out of the bag. I think I just think Tottenham you doesn't think? have it. I just don't think they have it. Players you wise, s- you said three one, right? Yeah. Oh, really, and they haven't got Kane either, so I'm, yeah, yeah. I probably I'm going to go two one City. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's a tough one. But that's a tough one. You know, you if if Tottenham do win like five nil, you know what? Where, where yeah. From. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last one, last but not least, Man United versus Wolves. Hopefully Bruno Fernandez's debut. Um, probably ten nil the Wolves. Ten nil to Wolves. I w- obviously, yeah, I think you might actually be right with that one. <laughs> nah, um, 
I'll give uh, Rashford's out for a while, Rashford. right? Uh, he's, yeah, he's at least out for it until April. Yeah, yeah. Like um, uh, I'll give it a. I'll I'll be generous. I'll give it a one one. One one, damn. Um, oh, I I think I think I'm gonna go for a two one victory to Wolves. Wow. Just because I saw that game against Liverpool, Wolves. And they are good. Adama Traore. Adama he's Traore. He's too good. He's too strong. He's got to go. He's got to go to a, a better team. Oh, mate. Not say I like Wolves a lot, but I. I, I do. I think, I, I think he spot. could make a like make a yeah. make a move to somewhere. They're, they're definitely added to my soft spot teams. Yeah, you know, I've got a lot, lot of soft yeah, spots for a lot of things. So. Yeah. All right. So anyway, that that brings our episode six to a close. Um, I've been Jacob Robson. I've been joined by Alejandro Windsor. And we will be back in two weeks' time. Until then, everyone stay safe. Uh, Thank you very much for listening.